I was hoping you were going to be singing along. It's been so long, I felt like... I forgot the lyrics. It's oh, been that long. The lyrics are, like trees walking, <laughs> like trees walking. <laughs> Did you forget the name of our podcast? Perhaps, folks. We're back. Yes. Um, I can't even remember the last time we podcast. And I know that when we do this, because we always say this, like you, you may be listening contiguously, and this will be meaningless to you. But uh, Pastor Dave and I, I being Michael J. Nelson, and our podcast being Like Trees Walking, where we discuss the big issues of life, faith, morality, ethics, we do it from a Christian perspective. But? But. And? Is it a but or an and? Uh, Maybe it's just a hard stop. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, It's a (laughs) semicolon. Semicolon, but we welcome, you know, and we welcome all comers um, to our stall. Yeah. So we take on a serious topic, we take on not-so-serious topics, we take on things in between, and we just uh, hash them out. Betwixt and between. Yeah. Dave, Pastor Dave, is my pastor, full disclosure, so he has authority over me. (laughs) I'm the shepherd of of Michael's soul. Yeah, um, so uh, that's, that's big stuff. So when you hear me agreeing with him and cowing to him, it's because of that. He alone controls whether or not I get to heaven. Uh, all right, so we do have a big topic today. Uh, we also have, oh, we're chock-a-block with departments. Oh, that's exciting. We have so much fun stuff. I have a great quiz to put you through because you have not been tested for a while. When's the last time you took a test? I, um, the last time you gave me one on this podcast. <laughs> that may have been to, to eat something revolting, and, that, that uh, kind of test. You know, the, we do consider these evergreen podcasts, but you know, I am going to call in current pop culture. We do that from time to time. The last time I took a test, you gave it to me. I did not cheat, unlike the children of some of um, the great science oh, yeah. in this country, <laughs> which was the, the, the hook. I think the reason this story, if you don't know, the, it's the story about all the you know, kind of rich or wealthy or famous families, you know, cheating to get their kids into school. What made this stick so hard for people in my generation, I think, you know, because you could go like, wow, this is a crazy story. Look at the, you know, those bad, um, those bad privileged people doing this. Like they can't even do the regular rich person stuff and just pay money to, you know, extra money to the school. Flat out bribes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Here's a new building. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. But it was the fact that Aunt Becky was caught up in this has at, really at hit my generation aunt becky <laughs> i think the the hilarious part of it was i mean grimly hilarious is putting the i think it was a, a daughter in a uh like faking a being on the crew team yeah <laughs> like doing like one was photoshop but the other one was just like buying a you know a skull and putting her in it and taking photos <laughs> that's like uh that's like a kramer scheme or something like <laughs> I got it figured out, Jerry. <laughs> I'm going to put her in a skull. Uh, so, yeah, that's a, a, a weird story. If you can't trust Aunt Becky. And I feel like there was very little difference. If you saw Lori, and I, and I learned that her last name is pronounced Lachlan. I always thought it was Laughlin. Oh, yeah, like but, the town. Yeah. And, but the, no, and the guy named yep, Laughlin. Yeah, yep, Lori Lachlan. So, and I huh. felt like there was those, the character and the person seemed to be very close. Like she was typecast, I think, because she was just kind of playing herself. It seemed like. What well, I'm uh, rising to a point of order here, or yeah. whatever that's called. Uh, what is the show? Full House. Oh, okay. I didn't. Was she on Fuller House? I believe uh, I've watched. Which I believe was brought up on this very it has. podcast. And I've only watched season one of 
a fuller, fuller house. house and i believe that on becky is on the show i'm sure she she she's definitely on the show she's not season one she she is on she makes an appearance she's an aunt to who or an aunt if you're from well, she's an aunt by marriage or aunt by marriage um, and are she, you are you aunt how does one say i call my um i say aunt i say aunt i'm well. an aunt my aunt kate my aunt you don't say lynn my aunt Tonta no, or aunt. Mumu or you know, <laughs> no, whatever. my family was not into little, you know, cute names or whatever. My, my children have some of that going on. Mum, mum, and pee pop, that kind of stuff. <laughs> no, they, they have Nana, n- n- and which they've morphed into Nanny, 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 okay. yeah. Nanny, and Bumpa. Oh, that's very that's sort of British. Yeah, we have a Nanny na- and Bumpa. Nanny and Bumpa. No, <laughs> and then it, and but and then also Grandma Grandpa. But yeah, we we not too cutesy. My my family was very. Against cutesy things That's like that. Lo- very loving and affectionate family, but just weren't into the little names. It was beneath the dignity of my grandparents, apparently. Yeah. For what it's worth. But uh, yeah, so uh, Aunt Becky married Uncle Jesse, who was the uncle to, um, actually a maternal uncle to the, the Tanner girls. And so Danny, Danny Tanner was married to Jesse's sister, and then she died. I can't remember how she died. Oh, you know, leaving these girls with just their dad. And so then Jesse moved in, and so did Uncle Joey. I don't actually know. Joey, it's actually interesting. I'm not sure of his relation in the whole thing, where he fits in the family tree. So if someone, I'll have to look that up. Wow, this is, you're letting your generation down. <laughs> uh, but on this podcast, that's not primarily what we talk about. It's 30 to 40%. We talk about Full, full and house. Fuller House. <laughs> and uh, Star Wars. Yes. Well, that's fully 90% of the show, <laughs> if you had it your way. Uh, but we have, a, I guess you could say, sort of a special special guest today. We have two guests. They don't know they're guests of our show, but uh, probably the most famous people. These are the ever. biggest people we've had, with respect to Fred Sanders, Gordon Graham, uh, <laughs> and Brent Strong. That's <laughs> with, true. I mean, with apologies and respect to these folks. Yeah, They're we've slightly heard, more well-known. We've heard those distinguished people weigh in on matters of theology, and now we're going to hear a couple of celebrities weigh in. This is actually, uh, they're, they're not actual guests. This is from a podcast. Uh, we did have Jim Carrey. So I feel like Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah, we did. He spoke out on theology and his yeah. view of, yeah. The, <laughs> the, um, the, the, the holy of holies and the... It was, Something about the the section of your brain is also is in the shape. There's a shape, and it's I can't, I can't remember what his craziness was. Anyway, this is not maybe not that crazy, but uh, it's just a very brief. Yeah, it's not insane. Like audio that. clip where uh, Conan O'Brien weighs in on well, his guest sort of weighs in. They both have something to say about religion, and we'll I will just introduce it, and then there's a couple things to before to break down. you do that. Are you Team Coco? I am not Team Coco. Does that mean like you had to choose sides back in the day? It was Leno versus yeah. versus Coco. I was. Can I abstain? <laughs> you voted. Um, you abstained voted or present. voted for voted present? <laughs> yeah. It's funny how um, I feel like Conan. He's 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 like withering away. How so? Just into like his show. You know, I mean, think about it. He he was had this very successful. You know, late late show. And then got the Tonight Show, and then once he lost that, it's just been this like it seems like this slow 
Like we're watching he's an on, ice cube. He's cubes. on TBS, right? He's yeah, but what I mean, his ratings can't be. I mean, I, and no, probably through no fault of his own, it's like less and less people watch TV. But it just seems like he's like this ice cube slowly melting away. Wow, strong words for Conan. that's just my impression. Well, maybe it has to do with this. Let's listen to his opinions as he talks to Kristen Bell, a person whose work I am not familiar with. I know the name. She is she I married know she's to someone married famous, to Dak Shepard. Yep, Dak Shepard. That's what I know. I about don't Kristen know what Bell. either of them do or have done, but I know that they exist and uh, seem like nice people. And let's listen to Kristen Bell and Conan O'Brien talk about. Uh, faith. Here we go. Um, I'm pulling it up now. Okay. I'm, I'm vamping. I can vamp. I once saw Conan O'Brien in Central Park pulling up. That's incredibly. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> you have a great moral compass. You really do. Thank you. You is how much of that do you uh, credit to Catholicism? Growing up Catholic. Oh, none not of that. Not a lot. No. Not a lot. I mean, no, uh, no. No, because I definitely, like, I went to Catholic school and grew up Catholic, but I am not Catholic. I am sort of of no religion. I'm a humanist. And I think, I mean, I suppose being in a community growing up, which I think sometimes churches do well, and they're, you know, I take a lot of issue with a lot of other things they do, but I think um, community building does make you realize how to walk in someone else's shoes, how to recognize empathy and where it exists and sort of, yeah, figure out that you're not alone. I think that's really important. But I think that can be done within a church or within a theater group or within a baseball team or within your family if you have a lot of siblings or even if you have none. You know, it's not – church isn't the only place I had a similar thing growing up. I grew up in a very Catholic house Mm -hmm. and uh, I don't really think my morality came from the Catholic church. I really do think so much of it is monkey see, monkey do. Oh, like, all of it is. And and I, with my, you know, if my son. Ah, uh, so there you go. Uh, that's Conan O'Brien and Kristen Bell. Now, a couple of caveats before we dive into this. Um, obviously, they're talking about their Catholic faith. And so as we talk about this, I'd like to broaden it because broadly speaking, what it seemed what she was, and she's not here to defend herself. It seemed what she was saying that all religions are monkey see, monkey do. The the passing down of religious practices are writ large are monkey see, monkey do. Did you get that impression? Yeah, uh, I I got the impression that it was that what whatever you know, and she broadened it out herself to say to move from, make the move from Catholicism to churches in general. Churches. So she's speaking broadly of. Of Christ, I think Christianity, um, and sort of like we could maybe say traditional uh, Orthodox kind of Christianity um, seem to be what she's speaking of when she's saying I take issue with a lot of things like yes. a lot of churches do. I don't think she's speaking about like Unitarian Universalism or right. um, I mean or like sort of probably I would think too like maybe kind of uh, liberal mainline Protestantism. I, I don't think she's speaking to that. I don't. I don't think she, yeah. that, that, that's just. I don't want to put words in her mouth, but I, if you're guessing, I mean, if you're making a bet, I mean, come on. It's like, yeah, that's an easy bet to make. Yeah. Uh, and also, obviously, none of this is to attack the people. I think the, these are mainstream views that are held by many people. So I'm just, I just want to dive in. Do you have any initial thoughts, Pastor Dave? One of my initial thoughts is um, just in kind of my take in hearing this conversation is that uh, we can delve into sort of questions of the sources of morality. And I feel like we've done that before. But just the overall impression or conflation, I think, that has happened is uh, religion 
or Christianity, let's say, equals morality first and foremost. Like that the only point of it is to provide us with a set of morals whereby we live our lives. And so it's just that religion and the the Christian religion and the inculcation of morals are one and the same or that's its end goal. And I would say that certainly an, an ethical practices and a moral orientation toward the world is included um, and implicated by the Christian faith. But first and foremost, I never want to folks to lose sight of the fact that um, that what Jesus came first and foremost doing was proclaiming good news. It wasn't, it was good news, not good advice. It was about something that uh, was happening through what he was, God was doing through him um, rather than, hey, now do all of these, here's all of these things that I'm telling you to do. Jesus came proclaiming that in him, God's kingdom was coming, God's rule and reign was breaking into the world, and um, this reconciliation between God and humanity was happening through his life, his death, his resurrection, and then ascension to rule at God's right hand. And so when we're, we're, we're talking about Christianity, we're not first and foremost talking about a system of morals or a system of ethics, we're talking about a declaration of news, which we either say is... This is, you know, this is the good news because it's not just a good story, but it's a true story. It's it's the true myth, as like C.S. Lewis or Tolkien um, would say, and, and and so that's the basis from which we start, and that that makes a much more, um, like that's the conversation I would want to have uh, first and foremost with with Kristen Bell or Conan O'Brien is like, well, your morality didn't come from the Catholic Church, but what what about this gospel that you know? Yeah, that you heard um, each and every week. You know, this story about who Jesus is that, you know, though some of the, um, though of course there's some differences in terms of an understanding of a Catholic expression of Christianity and a, and a Protestant one where I'm coming from, like on, on the some on the basics, you know, about it's a declaration about um, who God is that we know in Jesus and what he has done for us and our salvation like those are this the same uh, or similar enough to be the same uh, and so like what do they make of that what do they make of that message that they heard in church so it's a rejection of the morals but is that just because it's a rejection of the message or do you accept the message and just reject the morality I, so that's those are my initial thoughts just kind of spinning off of that yeah i mean uh, it's a little hard to take the dismissal of of, of you know if she's talking about Christianity, and again, she seems to be, is that uh, it can be a neat club. She gives it the, <laughs> she damns it with some pretty faint praise. <laughs> like the baseball sometimes team. Sometimes that uh, it can be a good community. Sometimes. Um, but that obviously can be uh, done as well or bested by a bowling league. So <laughs> thank you, Kristen Bell. <laughs> the great Western religions bowling leagues same thing basically and what is i mean because she's a, a humanist a, a secular humanist um she would would say and and i think a, a good faith question would be well where do the values of you, you know western secular humanism come from i mean my impression this is not a super learned one but just my impression is that these are it's like the uh uh you know you have the kind of liberal protestantism is the fatherhood of god and the universal brotherhood of mankind 
and secular humanism is saying like, well, wait, no, 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 like we don't need the fatherhood of God. We just have the universal brotherhood of mankind. And so these values and morals that have emerged from this uh, Western Christian tradition, we can cut God out, but we can keep the kind of moral ethical practices. So an emphasis upon, you know, equality and, you know, the dignity and freedom of the individual, you know, the kind of right to believe the things you want to believe and the fact that you should treat other people fairly and equitably and there's such a thing as justice and we need to care for the meek and the weak and take particular care for them. Like those are not things that other societies have had other moral systems that don't uphold those. Yeah, we we spoke briefly about, uh, you know, I always find that that sort of smug because it's been it's been spoken smugly to me. I'm not saying everyone who does it is like I don't need that to be nice to a guy. That's obvious to teach your kids not to push down another kid. That's well, it's it's not obvious to the ancient Assyrians, for example. <laughs> no, they were pretty pushy. Uh, they celebrated death. They celebrated conquering and destroying those weaker than them. They made you know posters about it basically like look look how cruel we are when we're coming for you too like we're like yeah. the neo-babylonians like see this uh look at our art and we're carrying this guy's like head yeah. walking in yeah uh, let me tell you stories about how we cut his tongue out and murdered all of the children in the town in front of his eyes you know these are just normal things so don't tell me it's obvious it's obvious because you are you're you're living the cut flower ethics as it's called of of you know you're you're drafting you're riding a bike behind a semi, and you're drafting off the morals of, uh, you know, the great Western, uh, you know, Judeo-Christian ethic. And so uh, I think, too, that, um, uh, yeah, I mean, even the ancient Romans, like, the fact that humility was a distinctly Christian virtue, and it was, you know, seen as beneath contempt if you were a Roman person. But I'm sure that, like, Kristen Bell, Conan O'Brien, they go, well, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Humility is good. Being a humble, being a humble person, you know, self-effacing, not prideful, lifting yourself up. But it's like no part of what made Roman civilization great was its pursuit of glory, mm-hmm. right? We are doing these things like my own personal aggrandizement contributes to the glory of the civilization um, that we are building, and, and the glory of Rome is good for the world. I mean, uh, it's like the uh, which you could say arguably it was because. Uh, look at this amazing, you know, civilization and and um, you know the artifacts that it has has passed down to us. These are some of the most you know glorious uh, things in the world. If you've ever been to uh, been to Rome and seen it, I haven't, but you know I've seen the pictures, and it looks pretty amazing to me. And these have lasted two thousand years. Mm-hmm. And you know we live in a in a country that's relatively young, where it's like yeah, you know how much of our junk is going to be left in in mm-hmm. uh, 200 years versus you know 2000 years from now and and so these things aren't self evident they aren't obvious um they might not stand up under deeper scrutiny or you might have to think harder about how you establish the foundations for those and so i think it is also too the the flip sort of dismissal of oh you know did this did your did your catholic school upbringing form you to be a moral a moral person, your understanding of morality. And so even with Conan saying monkey see, monkey do, well, where did the monkey who he saw, what, what, where did that monkey see the monkey to monkey right. do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, they both were echoing that nothing of their, nothing of their morality. That is just too, that, that so seems, strong. It seems very, very strong. <laughs> Come on now. 
If you sat down with, you couldn't tick off a list with, you sat down with a priest and just said, in general, this, this, and this. Agree, disagree, you're not going to find a ton of agreement, but you got nothing, you built it on your own. And uh, so it just, that doesn't, it doesn't withstand even minor scrutiny. Or yeah, that these are sort of just part, part of a common assumed package of moral ethics or way of being. And so it didn't, there was nothing peculiar or particular about his Catholicism that we're off and rub off. It's like, okay, really? Yeah. Really nothing at all. And, and I think it's sort of sad um, to have unmoored oneself in such a way, in such a thoughtless way from, um, from what you were brought up in. And, and uh, maybe that's part of the, maybe that's part of the cost of fame or participating in the cult of celebrity, right? In order to succeed in that world, you have to unmoor yourself from that. Of um, course, yeah. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah. You can't, I mean, you can't walk into a, a room and, I mean, it's just, it's the way that they talk. It's the dismissal of, of any kind of faith, especially what would they would call simple people with their simple faith. We've, we've grown out of that. Uh, my question, my follow-up question to Kristen Bell when she's talking about community and how you could get that anywhere else like and she she sort of named things that are pretty benign but uh what what if i'll throw a few examples back at her uh my local satanists um you know that's a community um a uh of an anti-government uh secret society in idaho or something you know a a militia militia uh antifa um these are strong uh, gangs a kill uh am i whatever and uh ms13 ms13 the bloods the crips yeah these are com- strong communities they do and they provide you with a you know sense of belonging yeah um and i think each community has its own you know mores norms code, code? ethics you oh, know certainly even the gangs got codes man very strong very codes. strong ethical codes yeah whereas i don't think you would get that you may get a sense of community from a bowling league and you'll certainly get cool shoes but i don't think you're going to get any Certainly not going to be inculcated with the idea to be nice. To, I mean, it just tends to be. There's probably some violent uh, bowling leagues. I don't know. <laughs> I would like, lo- tends to be pretty benign. I would, I would love to see the violent bowling league. Uh, so yeah, anyway, that face with the ball. Yeah, <laughs> full contact bowling. Um, so anyway, that's just would be my follow up. That's kind of a uh, an easy example to just talk about benign things being you know, giving a sense of community. When she spoke to you, she's saying, and she named, it's interesting, she named to the end of the family. And she's like, yeah, in a family, you can get that from your siblings or not. And so it's this, I don't know, this increasingly, like, lonely sense of life. It's like, well, I guess if you're rich and powerful, like, if you're rich and successful like she is, you know, then you're always going to have enough wealth that people are going to want to be around you and take care of you. Or you'll always be able to find that um, yourself. But it's it, it's like you're your normie person or your sort of downscale person like you know if you don't have family if you don't have church um where are these actually like <laughs> enduring communities that are going to sustain you um through life and not just leave you old and alone and depressed and it i mean that's yes community is great that's one of the great things that churches offer i actually think that's one of the things that church can offer in the current cultural moment where there is truly a um epidemic of people just feeling lonely and disconnected from one another and and where do we find um where do we find community well the church has that in a very thick 
way. These are thick communities because they're orientated not around, um, they're orientated around the most important, eternal, essential things in the world. And you cannot replicate that. Yeah. You can replicate maybe some of the friendship, but the truly, I mean, hopefully, ideally, kind of sacrificial living um, and giving with and for one another. You can't get that from some of these other more temporary communities like a bowling league, a baseball club, you know, whatever. Um, like, like no, nothing does, <laughs> nothing does community uh, like the church. Yeah. Uh, I thought of one more example. Okay, uh, please. Uh, loose, this is probably a looser group and not as strongly represented, but German cannibals. There's they, German cannibals? Yeah, you know, the, the famous story, a, a guy put an ad in the in a paper in Germany for, for uh, he wanted to eat somebody, and he found a bunch of people. No. Yeah, yeah you don't know this no, story. No, I don't know this story. And then Germany didn't know how to convict him because the guy signed papers saying, sure, go ahead and eat me. So anyway, it's a, it's a, again, it's a very He found people community. who wanted to be eaten, or he yeah, wanted yes. to be eaten by the well, I'm sure it's both, but this guy in particular was like, yeah, I'm, you know. And hence started the band Fine Young Cannabis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is years ago, so this has gone down in, in, in myth, but it is actually true, yeah. Uh, don't, when we say years ago, how many years? What do you mean don't look it up? But is it like a... It's too horrific. Don't look it up. Just trust me that it, it's true. <laughs> For once, I'm giving you a true fact. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's very very grim. But what I'm, would but Kristen I'm Bell saying, say? What would she say? I well, mean, it's a community. It is a community. Yeah. And I mean, think about it. There is a shared values at the center of it. Um, I mean, consent is part mm-hmm. of it. these are consenting adults. Um, yeah. That was one of the reasons I don't think that the guy. I think he spent no time in jail. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because of that. The, to consenting adults. You can't if that's consent the to let someone kill you, right? Says you, you Puritan. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a neo-Puritan. I just don't think you should do that. Whoa, I think you should just be nice to people. You're right. He wasn't, they were very nice to each other. <laughs> well, he was doing what Well, did he, he kill him in a humane way? Oh, God, no. Oh, really? Again, we're getting too close okay. to the grimness. Okay. Let's pass, pass on this. And they signed up for that? <laughs> did they know it was going to be... Oh, okay, we'll talk off air. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you the full story off air. Oh, and boy. You'll understand why I'm cutting this short. And uh, let's, uh, let's take a little break. And when we come back, we have, uh, uh, we have the quiz. Are, do we, are we doing thrilling stories of Mike Nelson's life for this show? Or are we saving it for next show? Why don't we save it for next show? Okay. Well, then we're going to do the quiz when we come back. Uh, this is Like Trees Walking. And we'll be back with you in just a moment. Hey, folks, it's Pastor Dave. Yeah, definitely don't look up the German cannibal thing, okay? <laughs> Trust me, okay? Did I lie? He's telling the truth. He was telling the truth. And so, folks, if you want to get more of the straight truth from the likes of Michael J. Nelson and myself, we encourage you to uh, continue listening to the podcast, rate it, and review it on Apple Podcasts. That um, helps other folks know that this show is good and worth listening to. And uh, you can follow us on social media. We do have a Facebook page, uh, Like Trees Walking, where um, uh, 
I respond to messages that people send uh, at LTW Pod on Twitter and uh, Like Trees Walking Pod or LTWPod.com uh, where you can find all episodes of this show, of this program. Um, and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you so much for listening, for sharing, for commenting, for reaching out. Um, it means the world to us. And so we are so grateful to uh, be able to do this uh, for y'all. And we're grateful that at least some people find this somewhat interesting, if not disturbing and mildly amusing, as I do sometimes. Well, let's get back to the show, get back to the quiz. All right. Okay, and we are back. And apologies for ever bringing up Mr. Armin Muse, the German cannibal. Uh, Dave, any, any final thoughts on uh, Conan, who's neither a barbarian nor a cannibal, uh, and Kristen Bell? Uh, I would encourage uh, both of them, go back, go to, go back, go back to church. Especially yeah. Coco, he does. He seems like man. You're he should be having like a, a midlife crisis at this point. He should be examining everything that he's ever done. Where is he going? As he is, you know, he's he has I think some freedom now. Uh, he's very he's obviously been extremely successful in his life. I mean, extremely successful. When I say he's an ice cube melting away, it's like he was once a glacier, perhaps in the cultural um, reality. But there comes some freedom from being like you don't have to do this anymore. Yeah, you know, like you don't have to be, you don't have to do a television show anymore. You've 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 said your piece. Now now go reconnect with the essential, eternal things. It's like Jesus says to the rich young ruler, you know, uh, sell everything you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me. So Coco, sell off your show and go back to church and reconnect with. I think something that you know why you wouldn't have brought it up if it didn't yeah. matter to him. So. Well, a little bit later, um, I didn't want to play this because. It wasn't really the same thing, but he goes on to mock people who believe in any kind of creation by by doing an extended rant about how the Earth was created in 1921, and so an obvious just endless slam at, uh, and and they both just cackled at that, and it just made me think again, like, all right, Conan, give me your cosmology, then, buddy. What? How does it all work? Is that punch? Is that punching up? I don't know what that is. It's like, first of all, who are these? You know. <laughs> There, there are probably more German cannibals than there are people who believe the Earth is 80 years old or whatever. I don't right. know who he's... He's obviously just mocking all creationists or anyone who thinks that there was any kind of creation, I guess. I don't know. I don't know who he's dismissing there. But anyway. Uh, all right. Enough of that. Let's uh, get to the quiz. And this is a quiz on talk show hosts. Oh, how do you feel about? I feel pretty good. I watched plenty of talk shows in my day. I've watched my Sally Jesse Raphael, my Maury Povich, my Ricky Lake. Even I mean, well, hang on now. You don't want to, uh, you know, they they could be on the quiz. So let's. Uh, well, I don't know. I I hope they're on the quiz because those are the ones I know. Well, Montel Williams, my you know Montel. I forgot about him. Uh, all right, let's. Buzz through these. And I don't have... The, these are like clicking the radio button, so we'll only find out at the end. Oh, wow. We'll all find out together. I'm, I'll probably know a lot more than you because I'm old. Uh, probably the most recognizable name in the history of late night television, this comedian hosted The Tonight Show for 30 years. Who was this Come icon on, Johnny Carson. of late night TV? This late night host was the successful replacement for Johnny Carson on 
The Tonight Show. Who is this host? Ah, uh, Jay Leno. Uh, yeah, they both those up in Congress, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's right. There was another host of The Tonight Show that preceded Johnny Carson and was the host for a five-year period. Can you name this comedian? Oh. I gave you choices. Oh, please give me choices. Joey Bishop, Jack Parr, Merv Griffin, or Jack Benny? Jack Benny. I don't think you're right, but okay. we'll see. The original host of The Tonight Show was a comedian composer who guided the show through its first three years. Who was this pioneer? And I can give you choices. Please. Merv Griffin, Groucho Marx, Dick Cavett, or Steve Allen? Steve Allen. Is correct. This member, oh, I think, this member of the Rat Pack tried his hand at late night television, but wasn't too successful. Who was this host? Joey Bishop, Sammy Davis Jr., Dean Martin, or Peter Lawford? I feel like it's got to be Dean Dino. I don't think you're right. Dino had a very successful show. But, oh, uh, he had a show. This late night host with a more intellectual approach inherited the slot that Joey Bishop lost to ratings in 1969. <laughs> so was Who was this famous Joey. interviewer? Dick Cavett, Tom Snyder, David Frost, or Walter Cronkite? What was the question again? Uh, this, he inherited the slot that this Joey famous, Bishop... Famous interviewer? He's an intellectual... Uh, he's a late night host with a more intellectual approach. Dick Cavett. Yes, I think so. This controversial talk show host was a media mogul. He had a number of shows running for long periods of time. His late night show only lasted a few years. Who was the successful showman? Tom Snyder, Merv Griffin, Ed McMahon, or Ed Sullivan? Merv Griffin. I think you're right. This actor-comedian took his shot at late night in the early 90s and had a five-year run on the fourth major U.S. television network. He made the audience bark as part of the show. This is obviously Arsenio Hall. <laughs> yeah. We'll was that go. a bark? It was woof, I guess woof, woof, woof. Was it woof, I don't woof, know. Woof. I don't know. The hand motion was part yeah. of it. That was a great, like... I think it was more of a woo, woo, woo. Yeah, like woo, 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 woo. It wasn't rough, 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 yeah. rough. Uh, that's my dog impression, by the way. The only lady in this quiz appeared as the first host on the Fox Network's first talk show in its inaugural year. Who was it? Kathy Griffin, Roseanne Barr, Joan Rivers, or Rosie O'Donnell? Joan? I think you're right. Who took a stint on Ben Stein's money and parlayed it into a successful late-night career? Jimmy Kimmel, Carson Daly, Judy Tenuta, Judy Pimentel? At... Totally is Jimmy Kimmel. Is correct. This former newscaster hosted a very late night talk show in the late 70s and early 80s in which he usually put an individual guest on the hot seat. Who was it? Was it Tom Snyder, Walter Cronkite, David Brinkley, or Peter Jennings? This is totally Tom Snyder, right? I believe so. This... He famously argued with Howard Stern, or he interviewed Howard Stern. Once. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was like this, they just fought back and forth. They sort of, they were, they deserved each other. Wow. I think the only thing I knew about him was that uh, in the early days, Dan Aykroyd would play him. And I never, You're like, it didn't Who is ring he? with me. Yeah, just like a guy with gray hair. This Canadian actor tried his hand at the late night talk show game. It's a game, apparently, ah. with a short-lived show in the early 80s. Uh, Bob Costas, Martin Short, Chevy Chase, or Alan Thick? Martin Short? I think it's going to be... I think it's Alan Thick. Alan Thick, yeah. although they both had shows, but I don't think Martin ever did talk. Anyway, only a couple more. This late-night talk show host, known more for sports commentary, had a show which he hosted for six years. Was it Bob Costas, Howard Cosell, John Madden, or Tim McCarver? Bob Costas. 
All right. Another late night talk show host managed to squeeze a show in between the Tonight Show and later during the viewing day. He became the host of the shows when another host departed. He will also be getting a promotion of sorts in 2009. Okay. Sorry about the, wow. the date of this quiz. Wow. Carson Daly, Chris Russo, Craig Ferguson, or Conan O'Brien? Conan O'Brien. Uh, final question. This former weatherman has had one successful late night talk show or another since 1982. David Who is Letterman. this smiling character? David Letterman. All right. Here, submitting your answers. Johnny Carson is correct. Yes. Jay Leno is correct. Uh, Jack Parr, you answered uh, Jack Benny. Steve Allen is correct. Joey Bishop was, of course, correct for that show. Uh, Dick Cavett is correct. Merv Griffin is correct. Arsenio Woof 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 is correct. Joan Rivers is correct. Jimmy Kimmel, Tom Snyder. Alan Thick was the correct <sighs> answer. Uh, Costas, O'Brien, and Letterman. 12 of 15. Not You have bad. wasted a considerable amount of your life watching garbage TV. I did. My, disposable I, trash. I, my, my, my mom and dad mistakenly let me have a black and white TV in my room, probably starting in like sixth grade. Oh, and wow. I, I, every night, I would like turn on the TV, I'd watch the news, and then I would watch Cheers, because in the Twin Cities, Cheers came on at uh, 10.30. 10.30 to 11 was Cheers, 11 to midnight, The Tonight Show, and then I would stay up and watch the Conan wow. monologue. So I'd be up to like 12.15, 12.20. Whoa. I know. Was was this like rabbit ear TV? Yeah, oh, this was total rabbit ear, black and white, <laughs> wow. thirteen inch, you know, television screen. That is kicking it old school. Oh man, I've I, I've watched. That was probably like three years of my life that I, maybe more. I looking back, I have no sense of how long I did that. I just feel like I was always watching every night late night TV, and it had that. I'm like, how did my parents not hear? Because it had that like old tv like cathode ray like that wine that yeah, you kind of yeah, got with it or whatever pitch, yeah. yeah that high oscillating pitch, pitch. yep yeah. may, but i guess as a as a kid you can hear it maybe as you get older it's like you know yeah they have the that mosquito ring yep, tone. Yep, yeah yep yep it's exactly that so no i watched so so much late night television in wow. in that era in that mid 90s era i'm learning so much about you now full house and late night TV is pretty much what formed you. That shaped me. That's where I divinity school only a very small. Portion. And unlike Kristen Bell, I won't swear. I won't disavow where my moral <laughs> compass was shaped. It was formed by TV. All right. Well, uh, this has been a good show. It's good to be back, Dave. How do you feel? About I feel that? great. Um, this has been like trees walking, and we will be back soon. We know that with ninety-seven percent certainty. So uh, sorry for that long break. It's good to be back chatting with all y'all. Uh, we'll be back soon with another Like Trees Walking. And I've been hung up I'm too close To the firelight